0: Hey, everybody, and thank you so much for tuning in to My Sentiments Exactly. My name is Kay, and I'm your host. Today, I have a very special guest, Mel Perry. Over the past 14 years as a military spouse, and during the past several years in particular, Mel has been dedicated to not just tolerating her life as a military wife, but truly embracing it and becoming better because of it. Not one to hold back sharing her gifts with others. Mel has become passionate about helping other military spouses experience the same kind of transformation she continues to experience almost every day. She has a background in teaching and degrees in education, drama, and a minor in psychology. She is not a professional psychiatrist, parenting expert, nor is she perfect in her own life, but she has insight and instincts that have been instrumental in her own development as a mother, woman, and military wife. Hope you enjoyed today's episode. And happy Military Spouse Appreciation Day. MSE Podcast is dedicated to talking about the hard stuff and facilitating the conversations necessary for growth, healing, transformation, and genuine community. Now it's your turn. My hope is that you finish this episode feeling empowered to continue the conversation with those around you. One way you can do that is by purchasing the MSE Podcast Conversation Starters Deck, available at bygracenp.com. May these cards inspire you to speak out and be heard, and may you be authentically embraced for the uniqueness of your journey. Thank you so much, Mel, for being on the show today i 'm so excited to have you so first of all, thank you Thank you for having me it 's my pleasure of course. so um, if you can just take a few minutes to kind of share a little bit about yourself and um, what you do Sure, so
1: I am a Canadian military wife and i 'm a mom of two little boys who are currently five and nine, and I'm a teacher by profession. So I used to teach elementary school, I used to teach kindergarten, and I really loved it until I had my own kids and we were (laughs) moving around so often and it became very difficult to start again and again and again every time we picked up and, and moved to a new town and a new province And so I decided that I was going to no longer be a teacher. And that was a difficult transition because I think I was about 10 when I decided that I was going to be a teacher. So to suddenly decide, hey, I'm not going to do this thing anymore that I'd wanted to do my whole life became a bit of a challenge. But I I dabbled in some other things. I did some network marketing. I started my own business as a virtual assistant. Um, I, I helped create a um canadian military wives choir there's it's a whole association they're all over our country um but i helped found the one in halifax and i ended up doing a lot of teaching to adults like with music in that and started realizing oh hey i can still be a teacher even if i'm not teaching children in an elementary school and so that started me thinking about well what could i do how can i continue to identify as a teacher and yet not sacrifice you know the sanity of my family and myself and not go back to work in an elementary school and so I sort of sat with that for a little while and I met a fellow american or she's an american military spouse who made online businesses. And I thought, well, I don't, I don't know. I don't think I can create my own business. Like I have a small blog. I like to do a little bit of Instagram and and that sort of thing. I don't think there's much in it to really start a business. And she helped me take all of my passions and put them together and create um, an online presence and a program that I call This Dandelion Life, which is a mentorship program and platform for moms and military spouses.
0: That's amazing. I I was able to check out your website and looked in a little bit to This Dandelion Life, and I thought it was very unique. Um, How did the name come about? So the dandelion is the official flower of the
1: military child. And really? I, I know, know the, I know, and I, maybe it's a Canadian thing and that's quite okay. possible, but if you think about what a dandelion is and how it blows around and it has okay. to create new roots in order to grow and thrive in each new spot. And so it was with that idea that it was attached to the military child and actually April, the month we're recording this is the month of the military child, which is pretty appropriate. But I put some thought into it a while ago and actually wrote a blog post about extending that metaphor to really identifying with military spouses as well. And so that sort of nomadic go with the flow, you know, this external force, aka the military saying you have to move here, you have to grow there, and you don't have a lot of say in that. And yet you find yourself being blown around and planted and, and having a choice of whether or not you just survive or you choose to thrive in each new garden that you're in, so to speak. And so that's why that's where the name came from.
0: Okay. Wow. Okay. That's, that's really neat. And you said April is the month of the military child. Okay. Wow. Awesome. Okay. Thank you so much for sharing that. I think that's the dandelion is, is really unique. I was wondering, you know, how everything tied in, but I, I really think that that's cool. Um, what would you say are the most common stereotypes or misconceptions that are associated with being a military military child um, or just being in the military in general? I think the biggest
1: um, misconception is that every military spouse knew what they were getting into when they chose to marry a military member, and therefore you don't have the right or the space to complain about the struggles of your lifestyle because- you. You, you knew what it was going to be. You signed which, up for it. Yeah. You signed up for it, which is kind of crazy because like, I didn't sign up to, to be in the military. <laughs> My husband did, but I didn't. And like, does anybody ever know, like when you choose to marry anyone or do any, yeah. like, and, you know, do you start anything new? Do you ever actually know what it's going to be like? No, You never <laughs> do. So that's a big one. And, and also the thing that people say all the time, I think that I'll say civilians, which just means you're not in the military, Mm -hmm. will often say, I don't know how you do that. I could never do that. And so they kind of think that like you must have all your poop in a group and you're all together and you're like a special kind of breed (laughs) that can make a decent go of this lifestyle and they couldn't do it. But in reality, it's like, well, so I, I fell in love with a boy who happened to be a soldier. Mm -hmm. And if you had happened to fall in love with someone who was in the military, then you'd be sitting in this chair. Like it's, there's nothing. There is nothing that separates a military spouse from any other type of spouse or partnership, except the willingness to have an open mind and heart and love your partner and just do the best that you can, whatever that looks like for you. It's the same as in any relationship.
0: Yeah. And like emphasizing the fact that you didn't fall in love with the military. You fell in love with the and that just so (laughs) happened to be. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. I did not. You said no. (laughs) I think that's really important um, because a lot of times the person is taken out of the equation. Exactly. Um, It's kind of like you chose this profession, you chose to be in this, and it's like, no, I chose this person, whatever that comes with. Right. Um,
1: And even if you do, like, let's say you are a teacher or let's say you're a banker or real estate, like there are going to be struggles no matter what Absolutely. you do. And, and to say, well, you applied for this job, you can't complain. You know, yeah. it's kind of like invalidates your feelings and your struggles exactly. and it just makes you feel like, don't talk to me about it. So you're like, Oh,
0: exactly. Okay. <laughs> exactly. What would you say have been the hardest things about, um, navigating through the military and whatever, um, struggles that may have, have come up along the way?
1: A lot of military families deal a lot with separation and deployment that their spouse has gone a lot in our particular circumstance, just with the nature of my husband 's job, we have not actually encountered that many separations for us. The biggest struggle okay. has been relocation, being moving okay. around um, our fi- five year old was moving into his fourth house before his fifth birthday. Um, so we move every two to four years and just everything that comes with that is a challenge. I I think it, I want to say maybe it might be easier if we didn't have kids, but that hasn't been my experience. So I'm sure people who don't have kids would have reasons why it'd be easier if they did, but it's hard as your children grow older to see them struggle and miss their friends and prepare all of the things that go into, because it's so outside of your control You know, it's not like you say, "Mm, I think we'll move to Toronto and I think we'll move in September. Let's go. Like you don't have that choice. You have minimal choice in where you go. Maybe, um, and you know, it's the same time of year, every time you move, that's not within your control. And so therefore it's this very weird situation where like, you have to put your house on the market at a set time and sell it by a set date okay. and pick out a new house by a set time. Like, you know, the timeframes are quite small. So there's a lot of stress to try to do everything. And then you do all of the things and you move to your new place and you're trying to get your own head on straight, but also be really compassionate towards your children to help them navigate what moving is for them. You know, it's a little easier yeah. if they're babies and they don't know, but having to make new friends and then they say, well, this yard is not what it, you know, our old yard. I miss our house. I miss our street. I miss my school. And that sometimes will sort of flare back up like a year after you've even moved. So I think that has been my personal biggest challenge is the, the constant moving around and just all the baggage that comes with it.
0: I can definitely see that. What would you say are the, the most favorable parts, like the best parts that have you've experienced.
1: Oh, I'm so glad you asked that because yeah. the, it is so easy to sit down and write out a list of negatives uh, for Absolutely. anybody about anything. Right. <laughs>
0: Absolutely. You can say, tell
1: me all the things that you can't stand about your house, your job, your yep. partner, your whatever. And you'd be like, Oh, here I go. And Yeah. This huge list. Right. Um, that's really easy to do. I think that the more we focus on that big list of negatives, the more we forget that it's quite possible that your list of positives is even longer, but it doesn't come to mind so quickly. And so we forget that they're there. And so for me, the community of being a military family is really, really special. And when somebody, it's like anything, if you're a paramedic and then you have other families who are paramedics, or if you're right, anytime you find people who are like your people, even if you don't necessarily have a lot of other things in common, or even if you don't necessarily come from a similar background, if, if all you have in common is the one thing, but the one thing is a huge part of your life, it's just this feeling of like, I see you. I see Mm -hmm. you and to be truly seen and heard and understood without having to explain yourself is really, really liberating, right? You don't have people asking questions. You never get those judgments. You, well, you knew what you're getting into. You never, you don't have to explain that. Or My husband's deployed. You don't have to explain anything. You can just get right into the, like, I need help or how can I help? Um, an example is I was at a bridal shower in the fall and it was a group of women, a couple people knew each other. And of course we all knew the bride, but we didn't really know each other very well, a lot of us. And there was this one woman there who had twin babies. They were like three months old. They were really tiny. And we were all like, oh my gosh, the babies, can I hold them? They're so cute. Blah, 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 blah. And it came about within the first little bit of us all chit-chatting this circle of women that her husband was away for six months. Mm -hmm. And without knowing her, like, I don't even remember her name. That's how much I did not know her. We were all just this laser focus on like, ah, okay. Your husband is away. Do you have support? Who is shoveling your driveway? Do you have extra childcare? Like we were just like, not in a aggressive way, but we, it was just like, Oh, one of our own needs help. Like, do you (laughs) have everything you need? Um, and like she would be like, yes, I do. Like, are you sure? Because I know a guy I can help. Do you need groceries brought to you? And I just thought that that was so special because I think that perhaps if she had told a group of women the same thing who didn't get it the same way, they would have been like, oh my gosh, that's so hard. But I don't think they would yeah. have known what questions to ask or ask to be like, I don't even know your name, but I will literally move a mountain for you if it will make the next six months easier for you. Absolutely. Um, so that type of community is, really, really special and hard to find elsewhere.
0: Wow, I'm very sure, and I've experienced that. Um, I am a NICU mom, well, former. She uh, graduated from the NICU, um, but we went through that last year. She was born premature, and I didn't even realize that there is a community of women who have experienced that, and it wasn't until after, you know, she was discharged that I found online communities and, you know, it's amazing um, and, uh, you know, I just, I really enjoyed that. And it, it really touched my heart in a way that kind of like what you were describing, you, you know, that the other person as a part of um, this big community that you may not even be aware of until you're actually in it. Um, yeah, so I yeah. can definitely see how that, that's a, a benefit of yours being in the, in the military family. Are there any others that you wanted to share? I know that covers a lot. Um, so it's okay if it not. does cover a lot. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I think, um, you know, just spending the time and being willing and open to growing as a person is something that not all military spouses, not all people, period, do. But when you do it, when you reach out and when you say, I'm going to get uncomfortable and I'm going to learn and I'm going to grow and I'm going to talk to new people, I think that it makes this whole journey. Well, of life <laughs> and also as a military spouse, a lot yeah. easier. And, and when, and when you can find those people, like it kind of this same, same answer, but different is when you find those people in your community that you can become inspired by and learn from, um, and take ownership of saying like yeah this this lifestyle is not without challenge mm-hmm. but having the community getting to see a lot of the country i would never choose to live in western canada because i have no family or anything out there but we lived there for 4 years and we got to see like oil country and farm country and i worked with a group of teachers whose spouses were in like oil and agriculture. Like I wouldn't experience that. My little kindergarten students wore cowboy boots and like (laughs) uh, plaid shirts with a big buckle. Like it was so freaking cute, you know, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't ever have been a part of that. And then we just most recently moved from Eastern Canada, like almost clear across the country where it was really like East coast down home, like the ocean and just a totally different world. So I, as much as I don't like moving, I am grateful for the chance to be able to immerse myself in, in populations and cultures and communities that I never would have otherwise been a part of.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Do you have any recommendations or maybe tips for like resources or how you've handled being with family members? Um, anything that you would offer someone that's in the in the same situation?
1: The biggest thing that I have that has helped me is the willingness to create something that you see a need for that does not yet exist if you are waiting for somebody to come knocking on your door and say hey girl i see you welcome let me take you to all the places that you need and introduce you to all the people that you're going to need to know that's most likely not going to happen and waiting for it waiting for somebody to save you is going to just lead to more frustration and this feeling of resentment and being forgotten and not being important as as a spouse. And so if you can get really uncomfortable and say, hey, you know, there's a Canadian Military Wives Choir in 13 other bases across the country, there isn't one here. Dang, like starting one sounds like a big deal. That sounds like a lot of work, but I'm going to find somebody and I'm going to do it because our city needs this. And Mm -hmm. so you do the thing, right? Or it can be as small as, oh, my town has no Facebook group for military spouses, Wouldn't it be great if there was one group that we could just connect or if anyone has a question or wants to get together for coffee, we just like know where to find each other. Well, I'm just going to start that. Like it's a few clicks. That's not very low. That's a very low, um, you know, interest kind of scenario, but Mm -hmm. just starting the things that you think is needed is has been the biggest like, ah, okay. You know, not only because it serves me (laughs) that I'm like, yeah, "Ah, the group that I wanted (laughs) is now here. Yay. I made it for myself. (laughs) But also to have this notion that like when I leave this place, which is almost certain to happen, I'll leave behind like I'll be leaving it a bit better than I found it. Just like if you go to your friend's house and you help her unload the dishwasher or you're like, gosh, your floor is really dirty. I'm just going to grab your broom real quick and tidy up. Like, I'm just going to leave your house just a little better than I found it. If you can do that within your community, like it makes it feel like my journey, my moving around, my, all of the negative things aren't for nothing that I am contributing and shining my light in a way that is going to still like illuminate the people that are here so they can keep shining after I'm gone. Like to a new city, absolutely. not like ultimately gone. But
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you never know who all are, have the same thoughts as you. So exactly. someone else might be thinking, there needs to be this group or there needs to be this thing. Right. But they're scared to start it. And so if yeah, it's scared, scary. So you know, it just kind of takes that one person, and then you see people flocking, like, oh, I was thinking that this needed to be a thing. And, yes. You know, I, I think that's amazing too. If you don't see it being, if you don't see a need being met then you meet it, you yeah. start it and just kind of see what happens with it. Cause I mean, what's really the worst that can happen with what that? What
1: is the worst? So no one shows up, <laughs> right? Like when we started the, the military wives choir in Halifax, we had three people come to our first rehearsal and we were like, "Oh, like, I don't know, you know, we didn't have a music director yet. Like we didn't have our a rehearsal space pinned down. Like it was, there was a lot of things that we were like, Oh, I don't, I don't know if this is going to work. And now it is like three and a half years later and there's like 35 women in the group and it's like, you know, so we took a chance. It might've flopped like it might have. And then, so, okay. So I made a new friend and trying to start it and we had some coffee and we tried something and it didn't work out, but
0: yeah. But as long as you connect with at least one other person, I mean, yeah, you know, it, it can really do no harm, but I love that recommendation to If there aren't resources, there are a ton of resources, but if there's one that that maybe doesn't fit your location or maybe you want something more close knit, um, that's definitely a good recommendation to start. I love that. Um, how can people connect with you and the dandy? This dandyland, this yeah, this dandy, <laughs> dandy lion life.
1: <laughs> so my website has a place where you can find information. A few times a year, I have started running an online group mentorship program for moms and military spouses. You don't have to be both of those things. That is most of the people who I connect with, but I've had students who are don't have children, um, and I am sure I will have students that aren't in the military but just sort of connect with you know, they're picking up what I'm putting down. And um, so there's information on there as well as some information for Canadian military spouses. Um, my blog, um, uh, archives are on there. My podcast episodes are on there and that is just this dandelionlife.com. And that is also my handle. I'm active on, I'm really active on Instagram. I like to do stories and posts over there. Um, and that is at this and same handle over on Facebook.
0: Okay, awesome. And I'll have all of those links in the description so that you all can take advantage of that. And if this is your community, so you need definitely reach out and um, connect with Mel. I'm sure that she has plenty of things that you can benefit from, from podcasts to mentoring and and all of those things. Um, thank you again for being a part of the show. And just one last thing. Um, one One thing that you would leave with someone who is a military spouse, maybe they're the child of someone in the military. One thing that you would tell them before. The one thing
1: I would tell them is that this whole lifestyle will be ultimately what you make of it. Mm -hmm. And if you choose to wear a lens that clouds everything and makes everything seem dark and awful, then that is what this whole journey will be for you. But if you have the willingness to change out that lens and put on some rose-colored glasses and just try to view even the hardest circumstances, to try to see it in a sunnier light and to try to look for the, the, you know, the, the silver lining, but also give yourself the compassion to have struggles and to have hard days and just know that brighter ones are ahead, then this journey is going to be much more fulfilling for you, even when the hard days come
0: yeah absolutely i love that and thank you again for coming on to share your experience thank you for having me it was an honor of course and thank you to everyone for tuning in make sure that you connect with mel on social media did you enjoy this episode i'd love for you to continue the conversation with those around you one way you can do that is by purchasing the mse podcast conversation Starter deck available at bygracenp.com. Be sure to leave a review on one of MSE's listening platforms, share with a friend, and join the My Sentiments Exactly podcast community on social media at msepodcast. The podcast is available for listening on all major streaming platforms, bygracenp.com, and on my mobile app. Hope to hear from you soon.